Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's go, Ricky Rowe. Let's go, Ricky Rowe. Let's go, Ricky Rowe. Let's go, Ricky Rowe. Here we go. Three, two, one. Let's go. Another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. Continue roll. Thanks everybody for rate, review, and sharing. Uh, and as always, Ricky Roll two four is the Instagram, and you can leave the comments on there. We appreciate. It. We all read them. Uh, even uh, the members of the group chat. The group chat reads it, and they love <laughs> leaving a comment. I'm gonna throw a name at you. All right, Cece Sabathia. You have his spikes in the man cave at one of your homes, but where did you see him for the first time? When did you meet him? Well, I saw him on TV. Growing up, <laughs> and I'm not trying try to make him feel old or anything like that. But it's obviously being him being left-handed, being so dominant um, in those Cleveland years, and then going on that playoff run in Milwaukee was pretty incredible. And the first time I met him personally was uh, in '09 as a rookie. It was uh, in the Blue Jays um, weight room, and I remember I was doing something. I was doing some kind of exercise, and and he was in there. And I, at first, when I saw him, it was like you kind of stop and you're like, look at him. And I'm like, whoa, there he is, you know? And I, it still kind of hadn't hit me that I was a big leaguer yet. And, but it was just, you're in awe because you're like, man, there's the guy, you know? And, and at the time we shared the same agent and, um, and he came up to me right away and he was like, Ricky, I heard your story. Wait, the big leaguer came up to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to go up to like, you just don't step on anybody's toes. Yeah, you man. stay quiet. And, uh, yeah, you stay, stay quiet. Off the couch. And he came up to me. He's like, "Hey, man, I've heard your story. It's incredible. You ever need anything? Here's my number." For real? Yeah, just like that, man. And we hit it off. And ever since, we always maintain a good relationship. Whether it was saying hello from one dugout to the other dugout, we'd always like make eye contact, and it was just like a salute. Always, every every time, you know. And, and not that we were looking for each other, but you know, sometimes you're like looking in the dugout, and you look whatever, you know, and and. And um, I think I saw him at a few fights, too. I want to say I saw him at the Manny Pacquiao fight um, with Miguel Cotto. Okay. And um, so, so yeah, So, but he always took care of me, and, and we kind of developed this relationship. And I feel like now, uh, ever since I retired, I think I feel like we talk more because we're always talking about uh, Manchester United. You know, we're texting back and forth, and there's like a lot. CC's of, a soccer guy. Oh, huge! And there's a lot of fucks. There's a lot of. <laughs> there's a lot of. Wait, wait, lately, wait. lately, because so who's uni- your team? United and his team. United. Oh, so you guys were rooting for the same team? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay, and, and, but uh, I remember 
he's on the East Coast yesterday, and he 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 texted me something because United was getting beat for nothing. And it's five thirty in the morning. I'm still not up. I'm still trying to get my sleep. And I wake up, and I'm like, at first, I'm like, oh fuck, he canceled the, the this podcast. Po- this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then, uh, so then I wake up, and it's something about the United game. And I'm like, oh no, it can't be good. So I go and check the lineup or the score, and it's a, and I just write fuck, and that's, that's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> My thing with uh, CC Sabathia, I never met him. I saw him from a distance when uh, when I was a reporter, and I would cover the Angels, and you'd walk into the Indians clubhouse, and I was in there to talk to Ben Francisco, you know, Benny Fresh. Oh yeah. And I'm like, hey, you got to talk to the SoCal guys. I'm working ESPN Radio in LA. Let yeah. me take care of the LA guys. Then you see this big monster of a guy just walking through a clubhouse. You're like. Jeez, like, okay, I, I you, you hear of a guy who's six seven, and I cover the NBA. I'm used to guys that are big, but this is an imposing yeah. dude. And, I'm yeah. like, all right. and I was like, I remember telling Ben this. Who's that? Assisi. I'm like, all right, cool. And then a couple weeks later, remember that same trip? I hear them on the Jim Rome show. Him, they're on there, and they are talking all kinds of shit, right? And yeah. I'm like, damn, these guys are cool. And I remember telling Ben, he's like, oh, that's what we do. He's cool. And so it's no surprise that CC Sabathia is now a member of. The media world, kind of. It kind of, yeah. Yeah, he's on ESPN now. He's This is the only dude who I know who can sign a deal with ESPN while he's still playing. And he's the host of the R2C2 podcast with Ryan Ruka, which is a podcast I can't recommend enough. Yeah. Uh, and now he's making his debut on the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. Yeah. It's our guest, CC Sabathia. And you're nodding your head over there like, right? Yeah, yeah. Manche- <laughs> Manchester United. That's right. Fuck. Man United. <laughs> that, that shit was terrible <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we crazy? have the t- we have the TV on right now. Yeah. And we're hoping Kelsey loses. They have to, yeah, they have to, they have to lose. But it, it's crazy. I set my alarm like because I have to check the score. I set my alarm and I'm like, all right, I'm getting up. I had a bullpen yesterday. Okay, I'm like, all right, I got to get up at like 7:30, get ready, like pack all my shit because we got this trip, and then I got to get to the stadium before 8:30 because I have to be there for kickoff. Yeah, and I and I get there and and as soon as I step, as soon as I walked into the to the clubhouse, it was already one to nothing. <laughs> and then, and you know what's crazy about like like being on a team? Whatever team that you like, other people hate. So as soon as I walked in, everybody's like, oh, man, United's down. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, y'all don't even watch soccer. Y'all just rooting against them because it's my fucking team. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how teams go. So it's just, Quick question, see. How did our boy Ashley Young do yesterday? Oh, my God. Did he play? He didn't play. Oh, he didn't play. But he's, well, he, thank goodness. Man. Who is he? We, we, he's a, he's a I don't know anything about soccer. So. He's a defender. And why is he your boy? Oh, no, because we just, we just kill him, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could just send Ricky a text and be like, Ashley Young. And he's like, I know, dog. Oh, that's what you used to text me, Jody Meeks. This dude used to text me Jody Meeks when he played on the Lakers. Uh, he hated him. And I'm like, so I would purposely take pictures of Jody working on a three-point shot. And he's like, fuck, I don't care if he's a nice guy. And then he goes to the Sixers, Jody Meeks. Like, <laughs> that's what it, That's how it is, like, being a fan of a team. And I'm such a fan, like, so I understand. I understand when fans, you know, get on us and all that shit, too, because yeah. I'm, I'm such a fan of How of did a sports. dude from Oakland become a EPL fan? You know what's crazy? I played uh, soccer as a kid. I was always too fat to play Pop Warner, so I had to play. So during during the fall, I had to play soccer. So that was always my yeah. I played goalie, and I was I was a uh, yeah. I mean, I played goalie all the way up until eighth grade. So yeah. from second grade to eighth grade, I played soccer. For six and you, years. and you, and he's close to some of the guys from the United team. Lukaku's yeah, good Rome, of yours. Rome was one of my boys. So and okay, he's one of their main players. Yeah, right? and I got a chance to go out there. Um, I think in October, right mm-hmm. before, uh, right after the playoffs last year, I went out there and shot out there and got to see them play against Juventus. How's that, man? It was crazy because they say. I mean, obviously, you play in New York. 
you know what it's like to have a crowd, but they say that's completely different. It was insane. And just like the buildup, like walking around the city before and like it was it was uh you know, Ronaldo was coming back to play you know, playing oh, yeah, in, in Manchester. Yeah, yeah. It was uh it was insane and just like it was like being in Wrigleyville. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like outside, oh, that's a good vibe. Right atmosphere, and you just walking in. Like it was super dope, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm going. I want to go back. I, I did it too quick this time. It was only four days. I want to go back for like a week or two, or you okay, know, a couple of weeks, and just catch a bunch of matches. Yeah, but but I'll be there. But waking yeah, up, at, sure. you wake up at five in the morning and watch these games. Yeah, well, not me. Not I'm on me. the East Coast. You he has to wake up at five. Okay, you but I would though. I would for sure. I would set my alarm. Well, and, and it's only. I mean, you know how long the game's going to be. It's an hour and a half. It's Ninety minutes. Yeah. So why is that your team? Why is Manchester United yeah. my team? I don't know. I just kind of like, just kind of gravitated towards them. Um, Are they like the Yankees? I guess they yeah. would be like Are the they? Yankees. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And cities like the Red Sox. So yeah. They're, oh, they're, we don't like they're, them. They're playing. They're playing. Wednesday. And you know what's crazy is that the Yankees own, I guess, a piece of city. Yeah. They, they own a little piece of city, so it's like they always ask me if I want to go over and see city. I'm like, no, you can hit me up with Manchester United. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, so you heard Ricky talk about meeting you for the first time. Do you yeah. remember that? I do remember that. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and and at the time we had the same agent. I remember, um, you know, my agent, um, you know, talking about Ricky a lot and just, you know, telling me about him and stuff. So when I got a chance to to, um, to meet him in the, and when we went to Toronto that year, because that was back when I was in Cleveland, we only went there once yeah. a year, you know what I'm saying? So you only got your chance one mm-hmm. time to, you know, kind of go up to guys. And, you know, I remember meeting him in the weight room. And I, I, I kind of remember... Was was Donovan the, the the strength coach back then? Because no, that B- BK. Oh, BK was BK. his strength coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I but I remember having that connection and being like it making it easier to go over and talk to him. Yeah. Um, it, you know, why just kind of do through that? that. Why do I did? Why yeah. did I do that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just felt like you know, I've always I've always felt um, you know, as like an older player, you you want to you know try to help guys out, especially yeah. him being a lefty. Um, and just had that relationship. And and for me, I've always you know he's he's a guy that's younger than me, but still. I always feel like I can I can learn from guys, and I you know I want to learn. I want to try to pick guys' brains and try to see what they're thinking out there and different things, and you know some of that stuff can can, can apply to me. This is just me being the reporter for so many years, especially covering baseball, Angels and Dodgers stuff. Not many guys are exactly willing to do what you do. Like most guys are like rookie, fuck that. We ain't talking to him. We ain't, <laughs> we ain't even looking this way. He better not look my way. But you made it a point to. Now nah, I'm pretty, and I've heard these stories. Not just Ricky, but other guys that come through, right? Yeah, but I, you know, I, I, I came up in that Cleveland clubhouse where I had, you know, Dave Berba and you know Chuck Finley and Jim Tomey and Robbie Alomar, and those guys took care of me, and and you know they they you know taught me what it was to be a professional and how to go about my, how to go about my business, and I always saw them taking care of younger players and always going out of their way to speak to younger guys and how much that meant to guys. So I always, if I felt like I could get, get in that position, want to try to be that, you know, and, and try to help to help some younger guys out. But even though he's a Niners fan? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> and I give him big time shit about uh, uh, that all a, the time. He's a Las Vegas Raiders fan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it, it's breaking my heart. Like now, now that they're getting closer to leaving, it's, it's killing me, man. I'm sure, man. Yeah. Um, Wait, you were. But I understand. I, like, as a fan, it's fucked up that they're leaving Oakland. But as an athlete, I know that. They, I mean, that place is disgusting. They need a new it's stadium. Terrible. Yeah. It's, it's so terrible. bad, man. Like, I mean, you, I mean, you know, you've been in there, and they use the same locker room as us. That's crazy. That's, that's, wait, that's the Raiders the, use the they, eight, they use the same locker room yeah. as the baseball no. locker room. And fucking eighty guys in that fucking that place no. is disgusting. The, base, the baseball, the, ba- it's the baseball team, well, the baseball team barely fits. We in there. barely fit in there. If yeah. you go in there in September, we can't fit. So you got yeah. football players with fucking oh, pads, pads in and, yeah. the same locker room. I didn't know bro. that. That is crazy, man. That's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> 
It's so bad. Okay, so. You were off. You, I heard your podcast with Ryan. And you were saying, I'm off the Raiders. Fuck this. They traded Khalil Mack. You were I'm always, uh, but, uh, but I'm right back. I, got, I'm, I'm wearing my Raiders hat to the field today. I'm always. That, that's the type of fan I am. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. I, I, I looked at it. That's eye. the type of fan I am, man. I, I'm so mad every day, but I, I, I wish I could not root for the Raiders, bro. I, I honestly wish I, I wish I could not root for them. Seriously. It, it would make my, my Sundays that much easier. It would make them that much easier. I thought you said I you quit. Enjoy it. You still watch them this year? Yeah, hey. I have to. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what. I don't. I don't know if people out there listening like understand. Oh, they do. Remember what it is to like. We be have a, a good real Mexican following. Fan. Like I'm a real fan. Like yeah. I have to watch that shit. I always like, say. Like, and my mom texts me. She, and my, you know, that's another thing. My mom texts me. She loves when they lose. How the Raiders do today? You know they fucking lost. Don't fucking text me if you, cause she won't text me on Sundays if they if they win. That's how she my mom is, man. If they lose, my mom's like that. My mom's like that too. She's always like, "Hey, how do the how do the Niners do this week?" And I'm like, "You already know." She's like, "They stink." And I'm like, "She doesn't even watch football." And I'm like, Crazy. "I tell my wife all the time, I'm glad my son doesn't know yet." Because he would have said, fuck off, Dad. I'm going to go to the Rams. But you know what? He's going to like what you like. Yeah. And, I, and I feel so bad for my sons because they are Raider fans. But they live Both on the East Coast. They live on the East Coast. And they're still Raider rooting for the Raiders? Yep. Oh, yeah. I don't man. think CC would let him root for anybody else. I, I honestly wish. I mean, my oldest, he thinks he's like, in his mind, he's from Cleveland because he was born in Cleveland yeah. and all that. So I think I think he's gonna run with Odell to the Browns now. Oh okay. shit! I, think, I, I can already like see him setting me up for the shit. <laughs> Wait, you know but what did man? you not say this that if your son was playing for the Chiefs and they the, played against the Raiders, yep. I would have four Raiders shit up. <laughs> 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 this is straight up. <laughs> That's funny. But going back, going back, go, going back a little bit to when I met CC and he gave me his number. No chance in hell I was gonna text him. Why not? No, fuck that, man. I was still because you're still a little bit. There's a little intimidation factor, so he, you know. Did you? Because you don't want to bug him. him. Just be, to be nice. No, I gave it to him thinking that you know because you got to think like I was still so young back at the time when we met. I was older, like in baseball years. Yeah, we were probably close to the, close to the same age. Yeah, you know four saying? years so apart. So yeah, we were like peers. You yeah. know, it wasn't me like tech, like. Giving my number to a younger player, it was like me giving my number to one of my boys. Like, mm -hmm. yo, hit me up. Like, let's go to dinner. Let's hang out. Let's chop it up. So, and he's over here scared. Like, nah, no, nah, but, okay. but I mean, but you get that be just because I have been in the league for whatever, how many ever yeah. years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. But, but for me, it was me, you know, more of a peer than it was like trying to teach somebody something. Well, that's yeah. something Ricky always uh, talks about, like the way he came up. And I think we're not going to get into like the get off my lawn. Baseball's change attitude. It, it has it so, for good or bad, whatever you want to see it. But he talks about the guys that brought over like. Roy Halladay and how you learned to be a professional. And you've talked about some guys that, you know, in that clubhouse where mm -hmm. the professional, the professionalism is there. I think that gets lost in not just sports, but in society right now where you have to be that mentor kind of where it's not that hard to be nice to somebody, isn't it? Yeah. And I, th I think people just get caught up in their own stuff, you know, and, and trying to figure out what they're trying to do and all that stuff. And, and, and it gets lost in like being a good person. And just helping somebody out or, you know, stopping throughout your day and try to talk to somebody or have a conversation with somebody that can, you know, maybe help them out. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I and mean, I, just I, just being around, you know, and I think just coming up in the Indies organization, they make you a good person. Right, <laughs> it right. sounds crazy, but they want Because good you, came, you came up with some old school veteran guys, yeah. the guys you named off. And then, um, so you, a young pup, you probably, were you just coming in the clubhouse kind of? putting on your headphones and in your locker or were scared you scared to death yeah. every day, man. Like I really? hated the first three years. You did. Yeah. Three I just, years. 
Uh, well, two and a half years, I guess. Yeah, but you were getting there. You were somebody. I was, yeah, but it was still just those older guys. The guy. I mean, you know, I had I had my cool set of vets, but then you had the older guys in baseball yeah. that you know, yeah, that fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I had it, it rough. Fun, I man. had it rough. So you're gonna have it just as rough. Yeah, yeah and, I mean. and you know what? For me, I had it. I had it bad. You know, and and I got haze bad or whatever. And I always felt like I didn't want that to be the the case when I got older. Yeah. So so our clubhouse now is the total opposite. You come up to the big leagues, it's just like you've been there for ten. You've been there for ten years. Everybody's okay. the same. You know okay. what I'm saying? And I've what is bad? I mean, you don't have to give names or anything like that. But like, what what made you not want to be there? <laughs> just like it was like a lot of a lot of just shit. You know, um, racial stuff. What I mean, you know, it's just stuff. You know, just stuff that you hear throughout the day that you just like, man, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I just, I mean, I want to play baseball. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I didn't come in for all this bullshit. So, um, well, it's like me when I told you I. I you're taking a nap on the plane and then your your seat's getting shook. Hey, go get me a beer. And it's like, well, we have stewardess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is big league. It's like, fuck. Yeah. You know, it, but it, it, it was always the guys that just got treated like shit. So they want yeah. to treat you like shit. That's, but I mean, but that's it, whack. It also, like a little bit of the culture where C and I came from. I came from East LA. He grew up in, um, in Northern California. And you weren't told what to do yeah, by anybody. Yeah, that, so that's you why you gotta yeah. swallow your pride a little that's bit. A yeah. little, like, <laughs> that's a big this? deal. You yeah. have you have to. Yeah, you have to. You have to swallow, swallow I mean, your pride. We didn't grow with white people, so to hear from white people telling you what to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and not being able to like buck up, be like, "Fuck that!" Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. That, I mean, where you grew up, if you somebody that's does that, that's your natural you, you gotta, reaction yeah. to some of the shit that you get. You were you know? young though, right? You're like 20. I was 20 when I first came up. So I so you know I mean. But like I said, I had a lot of great veterans. I had a lot of great guys and had a great, you know, great experience. But it was just a few that 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 made it where I didn't want to go to the field. And yeah, and it was it was for a, a, like I feel like the first two and a half years. How, what's that like? I mean, Ricky, you made your debut at what, 23, 24? Yeah. So. Okay. So what's that like when you're 20, two years before that, you're at the freaking prom. And like, <laughs> one year before oh, that. Shut up. One year before. I took, well, my girls, my, my wife, um, at the, well, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now. Is a year younger, so I had to take her to the prom the next year. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, seriously. A year later, you're in the major leagues. Like, how do you does that work? Like, Travis Snyder, who we had on the podcast before, was also in the major leagues at 20. He's like, you're not fucking ready for this. Yeah. It doesn't matter you what they what? tell you. You're not ready. In my mind, I was ready, though. Oh, yeah. In my mind, I was I was two years late. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Baseball-wise, you're ready. But, but no, you're not You're not ready. Um to deal with that and, and, you know, to be a professional every day and come to work and, and kind of know and understand what it is to, to, you know, have a career, you know what I mean? And to have this be your career at, at 20, it's still summer ball. You still just, you're still just fucking around and still yeah. just playing, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and for a lot of these guys, you know, you get to the big leagues, this is a career, this is a job, this is work. And you have to learn how to be that, you know? How did you deal with it? Like you can't call anybody who's your age that understands what you're going through. Yeah, you know what the 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 guys that I were closest to in Cleveland at that time were uh, the Bad Boy and, and one of the Clubbies. They were both 20 years old, and I'm still close with them to this day. Um, and we were just that's who I hung out with. They were the closest. Everybody, you know, that was the next closest guy to my age was 26 years old. Wow. Yeah. And I was 20 years old. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it was just, it was just such an age gap that I hung out with the, I hung out with the clubby and the bad boy. Well, that's the thing when Kobe came to the NBA. He's, you know, these guys are going club and they're doing that, and he's like, I'm fucking 19. As much as he was antisocial with these guys in general, and he was judging them for what they were doing, it's like he, like, remember telling him years later, he's like, I didn't have anything in common with these guys. They have a wife. They have families. I'm. 
doing what am I doing at this age? So yeah. I can't imagine with baseball because you're in a different city every couple of days mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure things out and you don't even know what how to like wait, I got all this money now? Yeah. Like what am I doing? <laughs> well, for me it was I was twenty years old in high A at the time and to be twenty years old in high A, you're playing with older guys. So it was like the same. It was like, Hey, come out and have a beer with us. I'm like, No, I can't. So I was just going back to my apartment by myself and hang out by myself. I didn't like you said you you had Bad Boy and uh, and the clubby. I didn't have anybody, and then you're just kind of sitting there like, uh, this is kind of this, this, this is, is, this is pro like, ball, huh? Yeah, depressed. yeah. Like, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Because then you hang see your my boy because your friends at that time are in college and they're yeah, throwing party, whatever. Summer party, you know, Fourth of July. They're hanging out in the summertime, different things, and you know, yeah. you missing that. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like, and see, yeah, a little bit going back. Um, to your childhood, uh, what age did you start playing baseball at? I started playing when I was four. Four. Yeah, I started pitching when I was seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I've always, I've always been, I've always, I've always been a pitcher. I play first base. I play the outfield. Um, but if there was a game to be pitched, it's a big game. I'm pitching. Were it. you always big? I was, I was big, but I wasn't the biggest. I played. Um, I was probably in my little league. I was probably the fourth biggest kid. Jeez, uh, what do they feed them in? Okay. Yeah, like in, if you look Vallejo. at a, if you oh, look Vallejo. at a, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. If you look at a picture of our um of our of our, uh, of our little league, like when I was 12, we had some fucking monsters. How big were you at 12? <laughs> I was probably about five seven, five eight. Probably. All right. Oh, you grew late. Yeah, I was probably uh, five seven, five eight. I was probably I was probably around 175 pounds at that time. <laughs> Rick, how much did uh, you weigh when you graduate high school? <laughs> 150? 160. I was <laughs> <laughs> a skinny little fuck, man. <laughs> Where'd you start playing? I started at, at age four. Okay. Yeah, but I didn't. I don't think I touched the uh, mound until I was probably like 11 or 12. Okay. But I, as soon as I got on the mound, I started throwing curveball. <laughs> I think that's why it was so good. Like my whole career, everyone's like, how do you grip your curveball? I grip it like this. You grip it like that. I'm like, that's how. Just that's just how like I that, do huh? it since I was 12 years old, and it always just stuck with me. You know, it's just, it just uh, stuck with me. So we do something on the podcast where we take you down memory lane and we mix it up. So let's do it right now. So we're talking about Vallejo. Uh-huh. This is time for let's go down memory lane with CC Sabathia. All right, I'm gonna show you a picture. And give me your reaction. All right. Ah, oh, that's my high school man. The, uh, my reaction is, look how bad those fucking jeans are. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible outfit. <laughs> and you're in the big leagues. You're in the big leagues. And I'm in the big leagues at that point. Yeah, that's a terrible outfit. But no, that's at my that's at my uh, my field at my uh, my high school. It's named after you. It's named after me. And yeah. you wore number nine in high school. Yep. yep. Why? Uh, it was just the number that they gave to me. Um, honestly, when I was a kid. I always wanted low numbers, but I was always so big that I always had like 17, 14, because I was always the big jerseys. Yeah. So when I got to high school, my, my high school coach made the uh, the bigger jerseys, the smaller numbers. Yeah. So I got a chance to wear nine, now, is, and now is my it, kids wear it. Is it true that when you were growing up, your mom used to catch your bullpens? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Full she, catcher's equipment. Full catcher's gear. Uh, my dad put me a mound out in the back, in, a, in the backyard, and like I was the only child. So me and my mom would always find this shit to do, and we were always super competitive. Playing ping pong, basketball, whatever, and I would I would need to throw bullpens, and she would get full catches, gear, <laughs> full everything, and like get back there. Was like, she was she blocking shit? Nah. Too? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if she was blocking shit, but like up until nah, bro, up until until I was about 
Man, I think I was like 12 the last time she caught one of my bullpens. Really? And I threw, because she she, she, she played softball. Yeah. And she didn't use a catcher's glove. I mean, and I threw her a good one. And uh, yeah, she caught her in the palm and, so and she was like, he would go this, out but and I think I was like 12. And he wanted it to be exactly as if he was on the mound yeah. on the Little League field. <laughs> We did everything to the max. So I had to put on my full uniform. I put on my cleats. We built like a little mound. And she would have to put her full gear on. And, and we would go know, through scenarios like, oh, three, two, you know Yeah. We would go through like make different pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And I was That's, fearful. The ball my mom would so never, <laughs> ever do that <laughs> shit for me. <laughs> now, so you, you obviously play Little League and all that. And you came out of high school. So when did it kind of hit you like? Oh shit! I can make a profession out of this. Um, I think when I was like fourteen, yeah, my freshman year, um, we had a bunch of uh, like we had, we had like a couple guys that got drafted. We had a couple guys that were getting scouted, and the scouts would always come out and, and see them play. And, and I would figure like, damn, they got to see me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So take advantage um, of the situation. Yeah, I take advantage of other guys' situations and kind of kind of got seen that way. Did you want to be a big leader? Yeah. Oh yeah. When I in, in '96, when I seen uh, Andrew Jones playing in the in the World Series as a teenager, I was like, "That's gonna be me." He was 19. Uh, from he was 19. It's crazy. And I was like, ended up being teammates. Right? I, yeah, me and Drew yeah. was teammates, and that's one of my closest friends now to this day. But that, I mean, he was the one that really like made me think that I could that I wanted to be a big leaguer as a teenager. Did you know what it was like to be a big leaguer? Like how the path to get there? Oh no, I had no idea. See, um, everybody, no one, none of you guys know how to do no, it. I no, mean, fuck, man. I mean, you coming East from the, LA, we in the like, inner city, cuz we in the hood. Like, yeah. what path? Path to what? Yeah. Like, I mean, I the was, only path that we saw was, to, you know what I mean? Like, when, it was, there was no way to, to, to get there. And, we just knew it was a dream. And back in the day, scouts used to give you letters. I don't know if, mm -hmm. and, and you have to fill them out. Why do you want to sign? How much do you want? And this and that. And I'm kind of sitting there like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, what like, is this? Do you want me to play or not? Like, just come draft me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like, offer me good money and I'm gone, you know? It, it was always hard, like, for me, too, especially coming from Vallejo because it was always a couple guys. It was a few guys that had got drafted before me, um, you know, high and stuff. But it was always, like, a character issue. Like, oh, what's his character? Like, he's from this. He's from there. You know, so that was always, like, the toughest thing. That, it was never about my playing ability. It was always about where I was from, which was always fucked up. It doesn't yeah. sound like you had any character issues if your mom's catching your bullpen. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, you know, you, you don't. You get people you get don't labeled. know that. Yeah, you know, you get labeled. You get labeled. It's, it's, it's definitely a label. Yeah, yeah. two and shorts it, out there blowing the whistle and everything. It was <laughs> it was it was terrible. Were you supposed to go to uh, to school? Hawaii to play football. No I way. I had a football scholarship to play uh, play tight end <laughs> in Hawaii. Did you play football in high school? Oh yeah, basketball too. Okay, so you were a three sports star, mm -hmm. all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Why baseball though? It was the easiest. Um, I, like, hear that people play baseball. I had to work to play, you know, to, to at football. Like, I had to work to get my blocks down. I had to work to know the playbook and all that shit. And like, basketball, I was always working on my footwork and different things, and always working like just try to get better. And baseball, I could just roll out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I could wake up and just day. know what the fuck to do. Like, I know what base to throw to. I know how many outs there are. I know what you be doing. I know, you know what I mean? Like, it was just always the one that came the easiest to me. And but it was just a natural thing. University of Hawaii. Hawaii. University of Hawaii. Because. Did you uh, take a trip there? I did. Yeah. I did. It was that one. And UCLA, USC, Cal, they all wanted me to give, give me a scholarship for just one sport. So, okay. like, UCLA wanted me to come play football. But they, they were going to turn me into an offensive tackle. Like, I was just going to get huge and be a tackle. I was like, nah, fuck that. I want to play both because I knew that if I just got somewhere that they were going to, you know, like bulk me up and yeah, I was going to yeah, be yeah, yeah. on the offensive line. So Hawaii was like, we'll let you play Batman if you come here. I was like, cool. 
this is my school. <laughs> they, they, they must have been ecstatic though when they when they got your commitment to. Yeah, it was fun, and, and at the time, I think. Um, me and, remember that guy Timmy Chang? He yeah, was, yeah, we were going at the same time. So wow. you were Timmy yeah. Chang could you could have well, been his hooking career, up with man. Timmy Chang, right? <laughs> you you could have been Antonio Gates, man. <laughs> <laughs> you right there. Nah, so baseball man, was just that been, easy. You it was just, just easy. It was just always easier. Uh, I've always enjoyed to play it. I love being out there. I love playing it, and it was just fun and, and easier. It was easier. Like, but when you say easy it's not that you weren't working at it it just came it naturally. just came natural okay. to me no, so don't I think mean, people it's not, easy, shows it's not easier of the sports but it just came natural to yeah, me yeah now you're gonna have all these parents thinking like oh, oh shit baseball's, baseball's easy baseball's <laughs> easy. hey baseball's really easy from the couch man let me keep saying it over and over and over we, so you were like growing up in that area that means the bash brothers the a's that oh, yeah. those are your squads dave yeah. stewart dave stewart um Ricky What's, Henderson, Dave oh, Parker. Ricky. So you, you were you were an Ace fan, not a. I was Giant. an Ace fan, okay. but I mean, I went to a lot of Giants games too. But I was I was an Ace fan. In Candlestick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, What's it like when you play at home? Going in, in Oakland. Yeah. It's fun, um, man. I got some bad luck there, though, man. I, I did read something, and I, I was going to bring it out up. like the fourth or fifth inning there. <laughs> It's unbelievable. I must have did some fucked up shit to somebody as a kid there because <laughs> I got the worst karma. Like the craziest shit happens to me there. Like. Ground, I mean, just everything. See, all that shit you that talk you about can, the Raiders, that's what it is. You can imagine you see, man, to me there. Raiders, bad juju. That's they leave it right there. Right? You, can, you can get the fuck out of if there. If they right? leave, then I'll probably pitch good there. <laughs> but come nah, down, come I, down to the other side of the bay. I probably have the highest ERA uh, in my in my career in that park. No way. Really? For sure. I, I guarantee it. Fuck, wow. I know that yeah. home sweet home. And I yeah, love, I, I, for me personally, I love pitching there. You like pitching oh, there? Oh, man. I, I, I mean, big ballpark. Here you go. Fucking hit it. Yeah. I never really. I always had good games there for some reason. I've never. I've but I mean, had, also, it's not my hometown. The first time I came to Anaheim, it was a shit show. Really? Like I was just, you know, I was thinking tickets and make sure everything's okay and this and that. And the next time I came, I told my mom, "Listen, this is a business trip. Like it's not a vacation. It's not <laughs> hey, say hello to a, a million babies. Yeah. It's I gotta get to work. And it was a little bit more." Simple. Hey, easier. you handle the tickets. Here's X amount. You distribute them however the fuck you want to distribute them. Yeah, I couldn't imagine like playing in Oakland or like playing in San Fran. That, that probably got too stressful. But did did you ever back. come close to thinking about going out there? Uh, I never had a, never had the opportunity. No. Um, no, I mean when I was a free agent that that year in 08, I had an offer from Anaheim, um, but that was the closest thing. Like the Giants weren't where they weren't. They had just signed Zito. Okay, um, that's right. And the yeah. A's never signed anybody, so <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't an option. So, um, but the best thing that could have happened to me was going to the East Coast. Even though, you know, looking back, and I can say this now, at the time, I didn't. I, it wasn't the my first option. You know, I wanted to really. I wanted to be on the the West Coast. I'm a West Coast kid. I wanted to play. You know, in my mind, were I, the Dodgers I, an option? I thought the Dodgers. That yeah. was like a historic team. Um, you know, a, a great franchise. Like. So that in my mind, you know, going to free agency, I was thinking Dodgers, and um, the Yankees came in with an offer, blew us away, and and you know, just eh, talking it was to all right. It was all right. I guess. It was all <laughs> right. No, but just talking to Cashman <laughs> and getting a chance to meet, you know, people in the organization and stuff, um, you know, they made me feel at home and made me feel like I would love it. And you know, we put the opt out in. If I didn't like it, I could opt out after three years and didn't have to use that. And you know, I've been living there for eleven years now. You uh, get drafted. What? When did you get drafted out of high school? Ninety eight. But what round? First round? Uh, first round. We'll pick. Uh, 20. All right. So you're in high school, mm -hmm. right? How, how did you find out? Uh, I was in art class. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't no, you know. It wasn't There's no computer. No, 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 no. Like yeah. you had There's to, no MLB network. Nah, somebody had to call and like somebody called uh, 
the office and you know my mom came pick me up and told me I got drafted but so we knew it was the draft that day right and walking from second to third period my very best friend's name is Dave Bernstein um he ended up getting drafted by the twins that day too but he was like I'm walking past him in in the hallway he was like what you still doing here and I'm like what do you mean he was like you ain't heard you got drafted by the Reds number eight overall and they had the eighth pick you know and he was like Nah, I'm just fucking with that. <laughs> <laughs> Destroyed me. Like, I was like, this is, <laughs> I, I almost left school right there. Like, that was the worst joke somebody's ever played on me ever to this day, still. Like, you were ready to pack up I your was, shit I and go. I was going like, to Cincinnati. Like, I was go. like, for that quick second. Like, what up, Pete Rose? Because, Let's go. Because the teams that were on me, that it was Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. Okay. And, okay. and the Giants. And the Giants had to pick after the Indians. Wow, so, so you yeah. came that close. Yeah. yeah. So you went to, he had to go to class still. Yeah, I was still in class. So you're in art class and then. I was in art class and it just came over to the, like the intercom or whatever. The, oh, yeah? Yeah. That's cool. They had me come down. Did you kind of just get up and, and you're like. No, nah, I was just nervous, man. Like I didn't really know what to expect. <laughs> yeah. You know? I didn't, and you know what was crazy? I didn't know if I was playing first base or if I was pitching. Oh. I had no idea. So I didn't know like anything. I, not until the next day when. I got on the phone with Mark Shapiro and was like, you know, what, what am I doing? He was like, oh, we dropped you as a pitcher. So I didn't even know any of that. And- I, uh, okay. So your mom was catching your bullpens. Mm-hmm. Ricky's dad was catching his pens in the street also. Like you guys have kind of the similar stories. You don't know what's going on. The, Ricky tells a story about when at Fullerton. Remember your last game? Yeah. Tell CC your last story. Your last game, what your mom told you. <laughs> <laughs> we get knocked out in the playoffs and we do we had gone to the World Series my first two years. In the third year, we, we don't make it. We lose in the Super Regionals. And I walk out, and I'm crying. You know, I have tears in my eyes. And my mom's like, in Spanish, she's like, why the fuck are you crying? And I'm like, well, it's my last game. She's like, so? You're about to be a millionaire next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so what? Fuck this college baseball. <laughs> She put it in perspective right away, man. She's like, "You're about to be a fucking millionaire next Some week." Some of these guys, this is really it. You but you know, know I mean? but like, you know how moms are, yeah. man. It's just nonchalant, just like came out like nothing, and I was like, "Oh man, like I guess you're right." That's yeah. Right, <laughs> What'd your mom tell you? The best advice. <laughs> What'd your mom tell you when when you got drafted? Uh, man, I, I don't even remember. She was just so excited. She was so happy. Um, That's cool. We man. had a big party that day. I remember everybody coming to the house, and like it was just a big barbecue, and um. I was still in the high school. I was still in the playoffs, so I had to finish. Uh, I still had two more weeks left of school, so I had to finish all of that. And and uh, she did my deal, though. She was my agent. Shut up. She was the agent. Yeah, she didn't. We didn't trust anybody. We had all these people coming in and you know flying in to the house and boards yeah. and blah blah blah, whatever. And we just didn't trust anybody. Like what? We didn't know who to trust. We didn't know who to believe. My you know my dad wasn't around at the time. It was just me and her really. And she was like, fuck it, do you trust me? And I was like, yeah, I trust you. She was like, well, I'm going to do it. She <laughs> was my oh, agent. Hold up. What's your mom's name? Margie. Does she still an agent? Because no, I, no, I need one right now. No. I need a better TV deal. What the fuck? The Let's Go Ricky Road podcast needs an agent. Yeah, we need Margie. an advisor. So, wait, hold up. Yeah. We need her on the podcast. <laughs> so, she, you know what she did? She looked in Baseball America yeah. and looked up and saw what the Indians drafted, who they drafted the last year. The last three years, the she slots, looked up yeah, and looked in the slots and was like, "Give my son this, and he'll come play." And that's how it happened. What wow! Yeah, so I didn't have an agent. How, how much did she take after. out? What was her percentage? <laughs> she got it all. <laughs> <laughs> 
She's like, okay, I need a new catcher's mitt, uh, shin guards, pain and suffering. No way. That's so, crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. Wow. That that's a uh, so then respect to your mom, so, man. So you sign, and then where's the first place you go? I signed. I signed, and then I went to uh, Burlington, North Carolina. Man, I, I get to Burlington, North Carolina. So I sign. Um, then we go to Cleveland. We do all the press conference, yeah, yeah, yeah. meet everybody. I got my suit on, doing the press conference and all that shit. And I'm like, this is cool. Wait, how big is the suit? How baggy is it? Oh, it's ter- I got a picture of it. I'll show you. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, so I'm like, this is dope. Like, you know, I'm meeting Dave Justice and all these guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then the next day they ship me to North Burlington, North Carolina. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this, man? Yeah. The first two nights I cried. I was so homesick. I was still 17 years old. I hadn't turned 18 yet. I didn't know, like, I was so spoiled as a kid. I didn't know how to wash clothes. I didn't know how to do anything. Like, I called my mom the second night, and I was like, Mom, if I come home right now, do I got to get the money back? And she was like, wait, wait, what you mean do you got to get the money back? I'm pretty sure we get this money based on you pitching. So. <laughs> You're like, Hawaii sounds way better, Mom. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was rough, man, those first, the first, like, three weeks there, I was so homesick, and... Not till I got to like actually pitching because I was there for a month um, before I pitched. I didn't pitch in the game till August first. I got there like July fourth. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit like how I felt. I, I went to Toronto. I signed a week after I pictures. Lost. Everybody loves you. Everyone loves you. Roy Halladay's come and say hello. Vernon Wells, you know, and you're shagging BP and you're looking around. You're like, fuck yeah, I this can get, I can get used to this. Yeah. <laughs> and then they ship me to Auburn, New York, and you're like, uh. Funny story behind that. The guy that picks me up in Syracuse, I'm like, hey, man. And this is me not knowing anything about East Coast shit. I'm like, hey, where's Auburn University? (laughs) 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 So then I fucking go. The guy's like, nah, man, you're in the wrong place, man. I'm like, oh, so you mean it's not a college town? I'm like, no way. So then we just keep driving and driving. And Auburn, New York is not. The I've, been I've been there. New York Fan <laughs> League. I've been there. <laughs> it's not what you think it no. is. It's upstate New York. You're in the middle of nowhere. It feels like people are like 10 years behind. There's trees. That's what threw me off. When yeah. I was in upstate New York, I'm like, there's fucking trees out yeah, here. It's just, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm from LA. I'm like, what the hell? It's, just it's different. green. And I yeah. remember, yeah, I didn't have, you get two or three nights at the hotel and then you got to find your own place to live. And I was just like, oh, this ain't it. This yeah. ain't it. Especially, I can only imagine coming from college, like yeah. Fullerton too, where you guys stay in nice hotels yeah. and like, then you go to the minor leagues, it's like, what the fuck is it's this? It's a downgrade. You yeah. walk into that Auburn clubhouse and you're like, oh, that's the weight room and this is the locker room right here. And you're like, that's where you work out? I was like, fuck. I was like, all right, well. You know, it was a culture shock for me too because coming up from high school, like I had never not driven home in my uniform. I'm used yeah. to my mom go like I'm driving home and you know like you taking a shower, over. taking the shower yeah, at dude, the that stadium, was shower from... shoes, shit like that. Yeah. I had no idea, yeah. like no clue. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I had never even I met a Dominican player in my life. So I walk up to you know it was the guy named Martin Batista at the time, and I'm like, Yo, what's up, dog? And he looks at me like. <laughs> <laughs> He started speaking in Spanish. I was like, what the, what the uh, fuck? You're like, how'd you learn Spanish? You're like, how'd you learn Spanish? <laughs> yeah, so it was like total culture shock. I didn't know I didn't know what was going on, man. I, I didn't know, I mean, you know, every day. I didn't, you know, learning that baseball is an everyday job. You got to be there every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. All of that shit was all foreign to me. You're like, why do we play every day? I mean, and this goes a little bit to college, too. You always wore your uniform and on the road. You wore it from the hotel to the to the game, back to the hotel. So it just 
yeah, the whole taking off your uniform, leaving it there. They wash it. You laundry loops, like yeah, just all that like, shit is all new. If you don't have shower four. shoes. You're considered as you're like, what the fuck are you doing taking a shower with no shower shoes? Yeah, you know, type shit. They really just throw you to the end of the ocean and just they just throw you out there, man. That's, you know, and I was 17. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I and can they just, imagine that. Yeah, they just, both of you guys are first rounders. Made a bunch of money when you sign your name. So people treated you different. Ricky's told the stories and all these other like you see, like you don't blend in. You're six, nah. seven, six, eight, and it's like, who the fuck is this tall black dude coming in here? Oh, okay, I'm gonna take his spot or I'm gonna do this. Like they're gonna treat you different. Like, how did you eventually adapt? Um, I, I just think that I I was just always just trying to like hang out with people and get to know people and and you know, try to be guys' friends and not like feel like I was better than anybody, mm-hmm. you know, because I was a first rounder. Um Which a lot of guys do. A lot of guys, but, but you still come approach. in with a chip on your shoulder, right? You in, I, I had to. Yeah, you know, what I mean, I had to prove myself. Mm-hmm. You have to prove yourself as yeah. what you for what you are. Yeah, but you don't have to be a dick. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. And I felt like I wasn't a dick, and I feel like that's why I was able to get along with people. By the time I got to uh, instructs at the end of that year, I, it, it was like I had been there forever. I, you know, I knew everybody and was and was good. But the first three weeks was rough. How yeah. did uh, you find out you were going to the major leagues? Um, where were you? I was so. In 2001, um, uh, Charlie Manuel told me that if you – in January, we had this thing in, in Cleveland called Winter Development, and you go there for all of January for all the young players, and you hang out there for a month, you work out, you do different classes, leadership classes, all this stuff. So in January at that time, I was throwing a bullpen at the stadium, and Charlie goes, hey, you look pretty good. If, if you have a good spring training, uh, you're going to make the team. So, shit, he told me that, and it was like – I fucking – like, that's all I could think about. Yeah. This mother, I'm about. I'm making a team. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I went home after after that January. I told my mom, I'm, I'm about to be in the big leagues. Like this is it. So he he told me that, and and uh, I took it to heart. I went out and I had a, a pretty good spring training. Um, and at the end of that, at the end of that spring training, he wanted to take me up to the big leagues. Mark Shapiro and I guess everybody else wanted me to go to AAA, and he fought for me all the way until the last day. Um, the team packs up. Everybody's packing up, and I'm packing up, thinking I'm going to Buffalo to AAA. And uh, the team leaves, and I'm driving my dad to the airport um, after the last day because I'm about to get on the bus to go to, to to Buffalo. And Charlie called me on the way to the airport and was like, hey, you know, after a couple long discussions, blah, 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 whatever, we think that uh, you could help us up here at the big league team. We want you to throw one more bullpen down at Winter Haven and then, you know, make your start up in, in, uh, at home. Oof. Damn. So it was like, yeah, it was crazy. It was a trip. <clears throat> You're like, I was you... crying because I was mad because the team left. So the yeah. team left that day and I was pissed. I thought they, you know, Charlie lied to me. Yeah. They told me that I was going to be in the big leagues. If they would have sent me to AAA that year, it would have devastated me. Because I, in my mind, I thought I was ready for the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wasn't, you know, but, but for me, and they told me I was, and if they wouldn't have gave me the opportunity, I think it would have crushed me. I wouldn't have been able to to bounce back from – I would have had a bad first half anyway that year in Buffalo in 2001 if they would have left me down. So you learned it was business, right? It, right right away. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. You walk into the Cleveland when you make your first day, what would you think? I was just nervous, man. Um, I you remember big-ass Ele- smile on your face. I did, I did. Who was your first start against? Uh, Baltimore. 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 Who was your first strikeout? Uh, Mike Kincaid. Mike Kincaid. You remember that name? Yeah. Mike yeah, Mike Kincaid was my first strikeout. You still uh, have that bar or no, see? I think I have it somewhere. I'm sure yeah. my mom has it somewhere. <laughs> um, but I remember Cal getting in the box, and I was like, dang, oh, that's yeah. Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken? And then he hit a double down the line, and I was like, fuck Cal Ripken. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I- I'm telling you, that's how that's how it is. I always say this. the day you sh- The day you stop seeing them at, like, 
I tell this all the time. When Jeter got in the box, you're like, for me, it was like, oh, shit, there's Derek Jeter. But the day you start saying, I'm a fucking big leaguer just like Derek Jeter, I'm going to get his fucking ass out. Yeah. That's when it, your mindset changes. But if you get caught up in the whole, like you said, Cal Ripken, or for me, it was Ken Griffey Jr. That's what, too. I was about to say, Ken Griffey. <laughs> yeah. First first at bat. I hit him. You did. I, and I wanted to just run and like give him a hand. Like, <laughs> I felt so bad, bro. Like I drilled him right in the back, guys. Like I was just nervous. And, and like in my mind, like for me, I was about to like tell everybody I shook out Ken Griffey Jr. So I'm throwing the ball as hard as I can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and one got away and just like hit it right in the back. It was like 98? Like, huh? 98 in his back? Yeah, it was right in his back. It's spring training. Did, it was my first spring training too. Did he ever give you shit for it? Oh, he always does yeah. still to this day. <laughs> but you know what? I think it helped me a little bit with like being able to get him out later. Oh, Because he was okay. like, like in his mind still. I had still hit him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. shit could still get away. So I was able to, like, I've always been able to Down get Junior away. out pretty good. Like. <laughs> but yeah, that, when, you stop, when you stop viewing guys as who they are, then that's when your whole mentality changes on that mountain. And you're just like, let's go, man. This, it's me against you. When did you realize you were a big leaguer? Like, you're in the clubhouse, you're pitching, but when did you say, you know what, fuck. Like, I'm legit a big leaguer. I don't think, I don't, I don't think you ever really get that until – um, three or four years in. That's what Rick said, yeah. You still feel like maybe they can send you down. My whole first year, I mean, I won 17 games, and every day I would wake up like, fuck, I hope they don't send me down. And that's all you're thinking about. Just because yeah. you're so young, you got options. You know, anything could happen. They trade for somebody, something happens. You you know what I mean? Like, it's just always in the back of your mind that you don't want to get sent down to AAA, and that's just how you live the first, yeah. you know, three or four years. That's not any way to live, though. Like, that's Because <laughs> you got to perform at the highest level – and, and you're worried about getting sent down. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's just a You got guys fucking with you mentally. Yeah. You got the front office not giving you any kind of – and then they wonder why guys don't perform. Yeah, it's hard. Baseball's hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it's, it's hard. It used it's to be mentally easy. hard, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like – it's mentally – you have to be strong, man. That's why Ricky's told me so many stories and, like, it just interviewing guys over the years. It's – you guys get there, but not many get to stay. stay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 a perfect example. Not not that I couldn't stick, but I mean, four years. You're just kind of looking at it, and you're like, "That's it." Like, I look back at it, and I'm like, "That's it, fuck." Like, because it's 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 not an easy. I mean, I tried obviously dealing with injuries and all that, but you're just like, but then you, when you actually have a chance to sit back and reflect, you're like, "Fuck, four years is a lot." You mm-hmm. know, when it comes down to it, it's it's you're part of that one percent like and how many guys that you grew up with see like we're probably like fuck that's the athlete right there but you just knew he was a fuck up or yeah. you just knew that he was no, and, that, and that's growing up in in the hood like yeah you, i mean there's a million i mean i'm there's a million guys better than me yeah a million guys better than me and and where i grew up like i said and and just so happened that i was able to 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 navigate through you know mm-hmm. what i mean and and stay on the right path stay I mean, on the right path that's what it is yeah. staying on the right path more so than the ability and the talent mm-hmm. and, and see, it's just the character you know you uh you do a lot for the community and you have your own foundation like you have a softball game right coming yeah, up yeah may 16th that benefits what's your name my pitching foundation yeah me and my wife started uh amber started pitching in 2008 um to enrich uh lives in the inner city of uh, through kids through sports and education we do a bunch of different um, programs, backpack giveaways, field renovations, um, baseball camps. We actually have one, a baseball camp coming up this Saturday in Vallejo, um, a free camp at my high school. Um, so we do that, and then we got the the softball game coming up. Now you, and I, I, a little bit, I, I saw what you did too, obviously in Christmas, 
you know, hooking the kids up with Jordan gear oh, and yeah, stuff like that. You. That that was dope, man. I my wife, I showed it to my Wait, wife. Wait, what do you? They just, I mean, he gives out like Jordan shoes and gear and. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah, yeah we get it. Also, you're a Jordan of, brand guy. Yeah, Jordan yeah. brand guy. We get a bunch of kids that are doing good in school in Vallejo. Um, because we, I feel like we always reward the kids that are underprivileged, so we want to re- reward the kids that are doing good too. Yeah, absolutely. so we take them to Nike Town and let them go crazy. No way. Yeah, so uh, let them get whatever they want. We take I think it's twenty five kids um, from the Vallejo area, um, you know, student athletes that are doing good and on the right track, and we just let them go crazy, buy stuff for them and their families. You uh, and I was reading up on this your foundation. You guys redid your high school. Mm-hmm. You you donate uh an amount to like the little league where you grew up at mm-hmm. where you don't say how much when either you have to, but like just, you do that. And then you also help out in New York. You do a bunch of stuff, but you don't have to. I mean, a lot of guys have a foundation name only. They have a camp where they show up and just take a picture, but you're involved. Why? Um, going back to those teams that you was asking me about, you know, those, those A's teams when, and, and I think it was like 87 or 88. I got a chance to meet Dave Stewart. Came to my boys and girls club, just came out, shook hands, didn't even sign autographs. She just came out, Spoke to us for a little bit, said what's up, and that, like, stuck to me. I can remember that like it was yesterday, still to this day. And just that impact that he had on me made me want to give back to the community and take my time out. And I feel like if I can have that one impact that he had on me, then it's all worth it. You know, look what I've started, my foundation and all that stuff. And it was just for meeting him that one chance time at, at eight, nine years old. And, you know, hopefully I can be that for one kid in the community and, and just want to give back. And I think, I think every kid that grows up in the inner city – Wants to give back to his yeah. community, but yep. just sometimes can't find a way or, or don't have the means to. And yeah, you know, it's just, I think it's just a part of us, though, and who we are. Mm-hmm. When you uh, met Dave Stewart, that little kid, right? Mm-hmm. Did you tell him that story as an adult? Oh, I've told him a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dave's still intimidated. I'll see him in the press box every now and then. I'm like, because <laughs> <laughs> you see him and you're like, yeah. oh. he was my guy, man. Like growing up, um, I was a Dodger fan, so I didn't like him at all. Yeah, right. Like, was, <laughs> <laughs> like, like that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved Dave Stewart growing up, and and uh, just getting a chance to meet him, like I felt like that was just the biggest thing to me, and 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 it was the reason why I started my foundation. Really? Like, see, that's what I tell. Like, I go back and speak to high school kids. And I talk to journalism classes. I'm like, look, you can become a reporter. Or do whatever it is, just dream big. And I, I try to stay in the minority schools and like, look, if I'm doing it, you can do it. My mom has no idea what I do. She has, she don't even have cable, so she can't watch me on TV. She don't speak English. <laughs> like, it's just like, she just knows, she's wondering why I wear makeup. It's just stuff like that, right? And then you go and you tell one kid, and that one kid could be hopefully inspired to like yeah. dream bigger than mm-hmm. a junior college. Because like, or, hey, you know what? I can play in college. But there's also something, I, I read this about you, see, that... You wear Jordan shoes, which mm-hmm. obviously great, size 12. Thanks, appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but you wore a couple years ago the Black Aces. Yeah. 15 African-American pitchers have won 20 games in the history of Major League Baseball. This group is called the Black Aces. Yeah. And you really are a role model for minority players, too. Like, a lot of, I'm not saying a lot of guys forget where they come from, but that's huge for you. Why? Mudcat Grant. Mudcat Grant is the guy who started the Black Aces, um, and he was a pitcher for the Indians um, back in the day, and he would be around all the time. And uh, and I guess for whatever reason, he saw in me the potential to be an ace, you know, before I saw it. And, and that's all he ever talked to me about was being the best that you can be, going out there and being the best. You know, you represent the African-American community. It's not a lot of us. I didn't understand that at the time. You know, I was so young and all mm-hmm. that. And, you know, just having him pound that into my head for so long and wanting to be the best and, you know, having it be special because you are African-American, um, you know, I kind of just took pride in it. And, and uh, 
you know, having a chance to win 20 games and be a part of that group now means everything to me. I think it's the most special thing for me in my career to be a part of that 15 guys um, and be a part of that special group and, and have it just be us. You know, it's like so, it's our little thing within the game. Um, and, and it's cool to be a part of it. And, and it's all because of Mudcat for sure. Damn. Like, you, I heard you tell some of these stories. I'm like, all right, if we, if we ever do get them on, I want to ask some of these things. <laughs> you, how many guys just, like, let me floss my cleats or whatever, my spikes, let me just show them off. But you have a purpose behind them. Yeah, like nah, that. And, and, and all the guys on there, I mean, they, you know, they represent, you know, me to some degree. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here without those guys, you know, setting up all the, everything, you know, leading up to my point. And, Absolutely. You know, having, you know, a guy like Dontrell Willis, David Price. You know, Vita Blue. It's, I mean, the, the, the list is, is incredible. That's so. a good Giants name right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's, it's fun to be a part of it. No, go ahead. No, oh, I'm, I'm going to roll. Finally, Rick. <laughs> All right. No, I'm asking the reporter questions here. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. I mean. So, like, uh, okay. Now, you make it sound baseball really easy because, you know, you're the best ever and, like, you've never lost. But you've had your struggles, Big too. Time, like, yeah. you used to throw 98. Now, what are you throwing? 88. I, hey, listen. I threw, I threw one pitch the other day. And I was like, I'm going to throw this shit hard. And I threw it, and it was 89. I looked up there. I was like, I'm never looking. I'm never looking back. <laughs> and it felt good coming out, too. I was like, oh, yeah. That's at least 92 what? right there. It's it was fun- 89, bro. And I was so I- sad. Like <laughs> It was funny when uh, when I was trying to make a comeback here last year, and he was the one actually playing catch with me. Because everyone's gone. My mind, everyone's man. gone. So I'm like, dude, I need somebody to play catch. I don't like, well, I, play, I played some high school. <laughs> I can catch you. softball. Good. <laughs> so... Now it's time to obviously throw bullpens, and we go to the bullpen and have another friend catching me, and I'm, like, looking at the freaking rap soda and all that bullshit uh-huh. that they have now, and I'm like, I don't know how to read any of it. I just want to see the velocity, and I'm, like, barely touching 90, and I'm like, fuck, I'm letting it go, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and my spin rate, what, what's a good spin I was, like, asking people, like, what's a, what good, is spin, a good spin rate? What's a good spin rate? They're like, oh, it's got to be here. I'm like, fuck, well, I'm nowhere near that. <laughs> <laughs> So you then, know what's crazy is that I wish that I had, like, this thought process when I threw harder. Like, just trying to get outs. Like, back then when we were younger, it was yeah. all about just getting strikeouts and trying to dominate the game. Yeah. And now, for me, it's just getting about getting outs, like the first couple of pitches of in that bat. Yeah. And it's so much easier. So much easier, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and I tell Wait, it's easier now? Yeah, with the but just... Oh, mentally. Mentally. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, before, I mean, when I was younger, too, and my... Oh nine, even in my best year, two thousand eleven, like I didn't. There was no thinking. Everything was just like came so easy. Just, yeah. just boom, here you go. You know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get the change up with two strikes, and you're gonna get a sinker down the way and an occasional cutter. That's it. You know, Fuck. and it just, you know, guys got themselves out. And then, but now with C, like he's saying, I mean, I'm sure it was a shot to his ego because he was such a power pitcher for such a long time, and now he's got to figure out like, all right, how do I pitch with eighty eight, eighty nine? occasional 90s and i talk a little bit about this about like playing kershaw's going through it right mm-hmm. now he's not the 95 96 guy that we were used to seeing but it's not because because you know something happened to him it's just there's a lot of miles in there the body wasn't meant the human body wasn't meant to throw a baseball for you know 20, 15 20 years, yeah whatever. 15 yeah. 20 years so kershaw's got to learn that hey I got to pitch with what I have. And I think CC has, has discovered that now. And How'd you do that? Andy. And having Andy and Andy, Bo. Andy. Andy Pettit. Oh, I'm sorry. Andy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Andy Pettit. Now, having Andy, I think, you know, helped help me. And I think even while I was good, while I, while I was good, while I threw harder. Um, You're still good. Fuck. Having him, 
having him like help me with my, my mentality and help me to you know understand why I need to throw in and reading guys swings and different things like that kind of helped me set up for when my velocity kind of you know diminished and you know I'm using my cutter more now and it's all cutter and two seamer and everything's 88 to 90 um, and I can still get outs and you know still kind of navigate through a lineup um, the biggest blow to my ego was though like not being able to challenge guys. Yeah. Like when I get into a spot and I just need to like rear back yeah. and like fuck it, here it is. Like having to think through that and like maybe having to walk a guy or, you know, maybe getting to, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. making sure in the lineup that it's certain guys that can't hurt me where before when I was younger, the certain guys in the lineup that you think that can't hurt me? Watch this. I'm about to go out and get him an 0 for 4. Well, yeah, dude. What's the I'm listening to this. I'm fucking loving it, right? Yeah. And Ricky, too. Like, yeah, I'm going to go after you guys. But I'm thinking, what's that attitude like, though, when you're on the mound? Like, I'm going to fuck you oh, up right yeah. now. If, like, you don't want especially this. Especially when you're feeling good, it feels so good. It feels so good. It feels, and then you blow nice, it by them. Day, and you're like, fuck you. And you blow it by, and you're like, okay, it's that kind of day. But there's also those days when you're throwing hard and you're getting fucking whacked around <laughs> so it could go both ways but when you're feeling good as a pitcher as a starter you you, you need to take advantage of those days because mm -hmm. they don't come very often they, you never have them yeah you know what i mean and when you have them it's like in a spurt yeah so you get like a month where you're just locked in yeah you know what i'm saying and then yeah. the other times you're just trying to figure out but see what you have i mean the year that you win the cy young though would you say that you were pretty much locked in the whole year? Was it one of those years where it was just locked in the whole year? Um, can we stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take a break. We'll... <laughs> That's my ART guy right there. Uh, yeah, go, uh, CC's got his people coming through. <laughs> Me and you will talk, Rick. Yeah. As, uh, we got all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. We got people coming through. Yeah. Oh, you can do a No, you come on through, man. Yeah. What, do you, what do you got coming in? What is this? What's an ART? Man, like just body work and massage. And oh, you stuff. come on through. Yeah, Mel got me feeling like I'm 25 again, <laughs> man. <laughs> so who go? I go first. Ricky goes first. Or who? <laughs> Ricky probably I'm not go fuck, first. No, this, man, this I'm a, done with that shit. Hey, very nice of you to bring a massage. You know, right? Fuck no, I'm <laughs> done with that I'm shit. Done. <laughs> I'm done with that shit, man. I, I just go for like spa massages. Now. Like, hey, pamper me. Cece's the best guest ever, man. Brings somebody to take care of the body here. Nah, you know what? But I was going getting back to that that uh, that little span that I had. I think the end of 06, when I started, I learned my slider. Um, and I learned my slider thinking I was I was going to throw a cutter. Like, I was supposed to start, start throwing a cutter. And I learned that grip, and it turned into my slider. Yeah. So, I think the end of 06, when I learned my slider, all the way until 2010, I felt like it was all the same. Damn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where I just felt like at any day, I could go out and just have a really, really good game. Fuck. Yeah. Um, that must be a great feeling. It, yeah. it, it was, <laughs> really? but I, I can see it looking back on it now. Um, you know, that run I had in Milwaukee, oh nine, I mean, you know, and all that stuff. It was just, it was just, it was all, it was all one period, if that makes sense. You know what I, I'm saying? Zone right It was there. funny because I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember uh, when you when you went to Milwaukee and you went on that run on that playoff run, pitching and, every and, fucking day, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And Greg, who used to be our agent. <laughs> Um, just going crazy, like what the fuck is he doing? You know? <laughs> they were pissed. Yeah, sure. but I was having so much fun, man. And that team, we had so much fun in that locker room. I just didn't want the season to end. Yeah. And if I had to pitch every day to keep us going, that's what I was gonna do. That's you know what I so mean? Like, sick, man. Right. Just had that we got a couple more questions, uh, CC, because I know you gotta. Well, I'm gonna go get the first massage. Then, that's where, <laughs> then, then the the chef is coming afterwards. <laughs> is, that, is that Yankee money right there, bro? <laughs> uh, um, couple Yankee questions, real quick. 
you've talked about how in New York, if you don't perform, they boo you and you're okay with it, right? Mm-hmm. Some people have told me, you should, because I tell people, if the Dodgers suck, boo them. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, you got to support our guys at all times. Like, fuck that. First of all, you're not on the team. You're a fan. First Pain. of all, you're not on the team. <laughs> yeah. there, there is no fucking we in this, right? But you're like, hey, if you boo, you suck, you suck, right? Go for it. Yeah. It's exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 shit, I boo Raiders. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you suck, you suck, man. Like, I mean, I, nobody wants to boo more than myself more than me. So, All right. what uh, about uh? I understand. Right it. now, guys, bat flipping in April. I don't have a problem with it. You don't? I really don't. Um, I've never had a problem with that. I'm, I've, I, maybe it's like the hitter in me or something. Like, I just like to see guys hit. You know what I'm saying? So, if they if they bat flipped you, would you, would you mind? I never see it. You never see it. I'm always watching the ball and shit. Okay. So somebody would have to tell me. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, if, I, if somebody bat flipped the it, shit out of me, like, I had to come in the dugout, somebody had to tell me. You know? I, I, I'll bring up this name a little bit because I know he used to he, he used to piss you off. Uh, Bautista? Joey Bats. Yeah. <laughs> he never bat flipped me. No, no, he didn't. And, and I never got pissed off about him. Uh, like you knew right away, too. No, it wasn't It wasn't bat flipping. Remember, no, it no, it was just because he would get out and he would yell. That's what it was. He would yell, he fuck! Would, he would like, get out and, like, slam his bat and be like, fuck! And I'm like, bro. I don't suck. Like, <laughs> I got you out, guys. Like, how many hits have you got against me? You know what I'm saying? Like, don't sit here like you fucking Babe Ruth. That's what, that's what used to piss me off yeah. more than him. Like, if he hit a, if he hit a homer 900 feet and, like, stood there and, and threw his bat, I wouldn't give a shit. But, like, don't act like I'm not supposed to get you out. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. Every that, time that he'd get out. And every time. So, if a guy, so it, was, it, was only, me off. it was only two guys that I ever saw that with. CeCe and Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy used to. It used to drive him nuts. It drive me nuts. Like, yeah, bro, I'm out here. Like, we all in the big leagues. Like, you know <laughs> I'm, what I'm doing my job. Yeah. So if like, a guy gets mad for getting out, that's when you get it's mad. It's not. It's not so much getting, the way he reacts. The way they react. Yeah. It's almost like this fucking guy got me out. Yeah, uh, I got you out what? a bunch okay. of fucking times. Go look. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what used to piss me off. And it's a little bit like Bumgarner Bum did it to a guy from the Dodgers. A few years ago, I think the the Cuban guy, you well, know, where, where oh Alex Guerrero, Guerrero, where yeah. he's like, "You're not that fucking good." Like, it's your first year, and you're slamming your bat down, and Bum is like, "Bro, what the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, like, that that pisses I think as, right. a start, so. as a pitcher, I think that pisses you off more. Yeah, because you're like, "What? You're supposed to hit a bomb off me? You're yeah. supposed to fucking have my number?" Like, no, like fuck that. I got yeah. you out. Yeah, that that more so than anything. I don't I don't mind bat flips at all. I really don't. Like I've never I always try to get judged to pimp homers and he won't. You know what I'm <laughs> but like I, I don't mind that shit at all. It's it's it's, it's the other kind of little disrespect. Last year the Red Sox uh played uh New York and you guys were going back and forth like a little trolling inside mm-hmm. the clubhouse. Not to each other, but you got a smile with it. You liked it, right? Yeah, of course. Would you say? Oh, we we lost. Fuck yeah, you we do lost. that. Fuck what you going to do? I mean, I mean we you know, we played New York, New York walking out. We were feeling pretty good. We lost a series. It is what it is. Um, you know, we had a little scuffle with him early in the year last year. Shit makes it fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, I mean, see, what's the best brawl you've ever been a part of? That one that we had. Was you in that one? In Toronto? No, in, in New York. In New York. Oh, 09? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? With Sada. Was, we had Posada and Jesse Carlson. Jesse Carlson. Yeah. They went at it? And I'm oh, screaming yeah. at Posada to stop. I'm like, bro, but, stop. But no, like, the thing is, it goes into their, like. It was all spilling into the dugout into the, and shit. Into their dugout. Yeah. So I, we run out there. And Cece is just tossing bodies, bro. It was crazy. <laughs> just I was grabbing bodies. I was trying to get Sato because he was like. He was like in he there. He was like, man, he was going crazy. Our pitcher on. had a huge welt on his forehead. Yeah. Like huge. Like just. And That one was good. The one we had with Boston last year was good. Then we had one with Detroit um, two years ago. That oh, was pretty good. Yeah. The, um, the you one, ever hit anybody? This new year. Have I hit anybody in a fight? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, Richie, this, this new Yankee team, we getting into some fights, bro. Uh, who's <laughs> this, gonna want to fuck with you? That's guys. what I'm saying. This this new little group. You got of guys G. We got, you got bro. Judge. You got yourself. That old that old Yankee group. We never fought that much. You know what I'm saying with Jeed and Sato and all those guys. We only had that one fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was but this one. group though. We we get yeah, scuffles, man. I love you, it. You love, <laughs> you love this group. Uh, when you first got to the big leagues, what suit were you wearing? Did you where'd you get it at? Ellis Burks bought me suits. Oh, that's um, cool. From this guy in Denver. His name's uh, um, Andre. Um, but Ellis bought me my first that's suit. Cool. You know what, man. To pay it's funny because I think that was a tradition back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I got to the big leagues, somebody said, hey, somebody get Rick a suit. And, and I'll never forget this. I'll ne- oh, I won't mention the name, but the guy was like, He's a fucking first rounder. He can afford it. <laughs> oh, that's oh, work. All right. Nah, see, All right. I still do that. The guys hey, that so got called, I, the guys I, that get called up now, I still go take them out. Really? Me, oh, that's yeah. cool. me, and, me and Brandon Morrow started doing it, doing it while we were in Toronto for two two years. I think we bought the whole staff. We we're the ones making the more the most money, mm-hmm. and we both like said, "Hey, fuck it, let's take the young guys and buy them suits." That's yeah. cool, man. Yeah, so you're a big I, sports I was, fan too, I still right? Do it now, yeah. Oh yeah. Boxing. You you went. Uh, talking I'm about a big boxing fan. Yeah. yeah. So you, so you all the sports are for you, right? Yep, man. I love sports, man. I love everything. I mean, the only the only sports you probably won't catch me watching is like rugby. But everything else, Dude, that's violent, bro. What about when you go to Toronto and you're watching darts? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking darts! My goodness. I was watching cornhole the other day. They had or curling? Like, you ever watch curling? curling? Yeah. I can see you curling. <laughs> Olympic curler? Fuck yeah! Okay, do you speak any Spanish? I don't, man. No, all these nah. Dominicans around you? I never have, man. It's no? unbelievable. No. I'm horrible at it too. Dude, like, the way how many people think you're Dominican when they come? Everybody to thinks I'm Dominican. <laughs> Everybody, still to this day, nobody. Everyone thinks, thinks I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even pretend like nah, not nah, not Papi, none of that, huh? Nothing, nah. Fuck that, right? <laughs> uh, if you had to have a at bat song, what would it be? Um, it would probably be some Mac Dre. Damn. Something Mac Dre. Damn. He comes out. Sure. Do you still come out to Big I still Papa? Come to Big Papa. Yeah. yeah, I know that one. Yeah. Right? yeah. Where's Jay Z at? He's here. He's in LA somewhere. Hey, we. What? What's today? He might be in New York because he's got the concert coming up on Friday. <laughs> uh, he's got the B side concert coming up on Friday night that I'm missing again, man. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a chance to actually meet him. I tell I told him the other day in Toronto. He came out. He did. Remember that tour he did with Justin Timberlake? Oh yeah. I got to meet him and wow, what an awesome dude. He's a good dude. Because everyone was backstage. And everyone's just staring at him. So he kind of, it feels uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. If you're sitting there and so everyone's just staring at you without. So I fucking, hey, man, what'd you think of the concert in the crowd? And everyone's like looking at me like, Ricky, shut the fuck up. And I'm like, no. And then, so he starts chatting away. And then I was like, oh, um, where's Beyonce at today? <laughs> <laughs> and my wife wanted to kill me. <laughs> she, was my be- she was my girlfriend. They, at the time, and, and she looks at me. She's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> and, uh, you've been in the big but league, right? I was like, "I'm getting comfortable." Hey, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 <laughs> he, I'm getting comfortable, dog. <laughs> he answered the question, though. He did. He was like, "Oh, she's that's like, why Mexicans don't belong." Like, <laughs> fucking everything up for people, man. He was like, "She's in Houston. She was just here earlier today, but she has to fly for a concert." Yada yada yada. <laughs> Sweet man, that's what's up. <laughs> I didn't think it was about a question. Hey, nah, he's a good dude, though, man. He's Do you know Usher? Cool. 
I've never I met Escher, but I don't uh, really know him. That's an inside joke. We'll him. tell you the story later. <laughs> <laughs> he big leaked the shit out of me. Did he? Oh, oh <laughs> see, and I can see that happening. And that's why I don't introduce myself to people. You see, and I never do that. I never Fuck do me. that. I never I I will never, ever, ever in my life. Like people probably think I'm a dick, but I'm not. I just won't. I don't want to put myself out there like that because I'll cut somebody Dude, off. You were the Canelo Triple G fight. I, I worked it. And he has a credential in the back where nobody's around him. You know, you're around. You see freaking all the warriors yeah. were there and whatnot. But Usher, man. Fuck Usher. So I go up to him. Hey, man. Fuck. Can I take a picture with you? And he looks back and he's like. Boom, that's it. He didn't say nothing? No. He didn't even say no? He didn't even say no. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and I was like, man. Oh, man. See, man, I, would, I was I like, man, went off. that's it, man. I, I'm never putting your music ever. That's, why, ever that's, why, I, that's why I don't, I don't introduce and I, myself and to I people, man. Told my, to, like I said, my wife laughs at me to this day. She's, so like, I can't, she's like, I'm glad you got the shit inside of you. <laughs> the, group, the group chat that we have, just like yours that you have with Ruko, was make sure you ask CC if he knows Usher. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just to get Ricky's nah, reaction. I've, I've only met him a couple times, and I don't really know him like that. <laughs> well, well CC, we know you're busy. We gotta, I got to get my massage first my neck is <laughs> bugging me so thanks for the, the, the last question we like to close it with see it's um you know and i always gets guys thinking if you can give yourself your 18 year old self now advice what would it be to be patient just to be patient i, I wanted to be so good so young i wanted all of this mm -hmm. at 18 Okay. You know what I mean? And I, I wanted to be... You knew you wanted this. I knew I wanted all of this, but I, I just didn't know how I was going to get it. You know, and, and uh, but I just and I'm, I just tell myself to be patient. You know, it's just so many ups and downs, so much adversity, you know, so many, so many things you go through in life growing as a person. Just be patient with all of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, everything will come through. But how hard is it to do that? Super hard. Uh, and, and if I was still going back, I mean, I still have no patience with anything, but mm -hmm. just looking back on the way that everything played out, um. Yeah, it would just be to just be patient, you know, and 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 just work and just trust the process. I know that sounds like cliche. Well, that's but, why we ask really, guys now. But it really <laughs> is, though. It really is just about developing, and you know, as a person, as a player. Because nobody told but you that. Just no, no. I mean, people try to tell. But you nobody that. knows, right? Nobody because people knows. Are trying to tell you, and you're like, "Fool, you don't have." But anything it's be patient, yourself. just in anything in life. Yeah. You know, I think that's the one thing we try to bring in this podcast is just you know for our listeners out there. Whatever that you're doing, just be patient. You know, if you really want it, go get it. Go get you know, it. If you're not happy, then look for something else, mm -hmm. you know, and just, just be patient. Trust the process, as you said. It sounds cliche, but it's the truth. It really is the truth, man. It, it sounds so, like, you know, easy and whatever, but it is it, it, trusting yourself, believing yourself, and, and do everything to put yourself in a good position. To you succeed. played a lot of years, going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot, all that stuff, but was there ever a doubt where you're like, I mean, our time where you're like, Damn, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing in the big leagues. Plenty of, uh, in the big leagues, yeah. Um, in the minor leagues, you know, it was times when I was in a ball. Like, fuck, man, I, I can't. I'm not. I can't get past this level. These guys are better than me, you know. And in, in, in the big leagues, you get to certain points where you get stuck, and certain times you're looking for different motivation. Certain times you feel like you can't do this shit no more. Certain times you feel like your stuff ain't good enough. You know what I mean? It's just we, it's all of it. We we were told to ask you this question. You're 20 years in. This is my uh, eight. 18. 19 19? Yeah. They told us that you still get nervous before you pitch? Every start, man. <laughs> and you know wait, what? Wait, 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 you wait. know what's crazy is that 
that that's what I'm more to, that's what I'm ready to retire from more than I am actually really. Pitching. It's the shit around it. It's the the buildup. Yeah, it's the it's the not want to let people down. It's the expectation of you know what I have for myself and what I can actually do now. Yeah, at 38 years old, you know what I mean? Like having a real expectation of that. Um, so yeah, it's it's I love competing. I love playing. I can yeah. do that shit forever. My yeah. arm never hurts. You know what I mean? It's it's my knee and it's the fucking anticipation of of the games and because we were to be good and our previous guest PJ, he's like, dude, it's funny. I was sitting in the cage the other day. He's getting ready to go out for a start, and he goes, "Hey, Peach, you're doing Ricky's podcast on Monday." <laughs> <laughs> right before you that's how my mind is. Like I, I have to, I have to think about everything else other than going out there to pitch. Like I'm like the day that I pitch, people probably think I'm fucking crazy because I'm talking about everything else besides. Pitching. You're probably a little delirious. You're yeah, just I'm like just, I'm just. Like, just talking, whatever. <laughs> Peach is in the cage. I'm talking to him about music, whatever. You know what I mean? And it just popped up the podcast. I just talked to you that morning. Yeah. Because I was the day Manchester was playing that, yeah. that morning. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just always just, you know. I'm sure we can go on for, oh, for all day. For all day, man. But, but you can really- watch him on ESPN now. We, Are you gonna ever wear a tie? Never. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. man, fuck that. I don't think you need to wear, be dressed up to talk about sports. Nah, bullshit. Yeah, R two C two podcast with Ryan Ruco can't recommend it enough. It's fantastic. Thank you got some you. great and guests on May sixteenth. May sixteenth. Yeah, May sixteenth. Buy tickets. Uh, Pitchin dot org. Yep. Uh, and then for, uh, the, for the softball game, he has a legit Instagram. You guys can follow it. Hundred thousand, three hundred thousand people follow it. That's safe. But we won't give out the fence. Though. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's all anti-Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> CC, appreciate you as always. Thank you very man. much, C. Really no appreciate problem. it. Though. Thank you, guys.